0: So I decided I'm gonna be myself. I'm just gonna be a regular guy. I'm gonna be out there trying to help people. I'm not gonna try to be a quote, salesperson. I'm just gonna try to assist them and help them, help them achieve their goals, do the best I can and be friendly. And it worked. I found that people liked working with me.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Agent Podcast. With your host, that's me, Raymond Shulsa. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Agent Podcast. Today, I'm here with my friend, Barry. Barry, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Raymond. Thanks for having me here. I'm looking forward to looking forward to being here.
1: I'm glad you're here, Barry. So, Barry, it is not your first day in real estate, but I always ask, why real estate? Let's start at the beginning.
0: Okay. Well, that's a good question, and I'm going to kind of give you an unusual answer. It wasn't by choice. I never set out to be a realtor. I never expected to be a realtor. When I was back in college, I was very good at numbers and very detail oriented. So I probably would have made a good engineer or a good accountant, but I was directionless. I was a good student, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I really did not know where I wanted to go. I didn't have a strong desire to do anything. I wish it was differently when I was young, but I was just kind of cruising along without really giving much thought to the future. And so I graduated college. And my parents were realtors, they owned a real estate company, they were doing well. And so I didn't know what else to do. So I thought, I guess that sounds like a good opportunity. I'll try real estate, I'll go into it. So it was just, I'm kind of an accidental realtor, I guess it wasn't by choice, really.
1: Okay, so tell us about your first year as a real estate agent in the, you know, quote, unquote, family business.
0: It had its pros and cons. I mean, it was good because my father was one of the top realtors in the city. So he gave me a lot of guidance on how to do things and to help me get started. He had a lot of people that had contacted him about about buying homes and he didn't have time to follow up with them. So he just gave me a stack of kind of cold leads to follow up with. So that helped me get off to a, a good start. And I managed to convert some sales from that. But the flip side of it was He and I were very, very different types of people. He was very domineering, aggressive. People were scared of him. He was intimidating. And I'm just the opposite. I'm soft-spoken. I'm quiet. I'm more empathetic towards other people. So we had different strengths, but he would tell me how to do things. It would not fit my personality at all. So I would kind of have to learn how to do things my own way. Over time, it evolved and it worked.
1: So that's always an interesting dynamic, right? Where you have somebody who could be dominant or overbearing or aggressive, and you're there looking at what you deem as a successful roadmap, only to try to figure out, like, what does your actual roadmap look like? So what what are some of the things that you pulled away from your father to help you create your roadmap? And then to follow that up, what are some of the things that you stayed away from in efforts to be your most authentic self and serve your clients?
0: Yeah, good question. Because I did learn both. I learned a lot of things to do and things not to do. And I guess you learn that from most anybody that is a mentor for you. But from him, I learned number one, to be proud of being in a sales profession. He was always saying how salespeople make the most money of anybody and, and do better. And it's a great profession. And he's always stressing to Stress your differences. What makes you different from other people? So when you go on a listing appointment, stress your differences. He was always talking about that. And he had a very strong work ethic. He would work day, night, 24, 24, seven, basically. He never took a day off. Real estate was his hobby. He just his job, his hobby. It was all he did. He didn't care about anything else. So I learned a strong work ethic from him. I learned to be proud of selling, to try to be different, to promote my differences. So those were the some of the pluses I learned from him. On the flip side, I learned he was a little abrasive and not a people person. People sometimes would go talk to him in his office and come out crying, literally. And so I had to learn how to not do that. And one time I ha- I remember I had a buyer I was showing homes to for a while. He didn't buy anything. And my father said, just tell him to get lost. You know, and so I I being new and and green in the business at that time, I basically told the guy, I, I can't, I, I can't work with you anymore. Sorry. See you later. And the guy was upset with me. And I still remember that 30 some odd years later that, you know, just, this didn't feel right to me. So I, I learned, I learned the work ethic and and how to sell real estate, but also the opposite. I learned how to try to create more empathy with, with clients than he did.
1: So what do you think over The last 30 plus years of your real estate career, how do you think that's translated into your relationship building with your clients?
0: Well, I think that's been a key to it. I decided I was going to just be myself. I wasn't going to try to be like him, my father, or any other trainer. There were other trainers at the time, and they all had these set scripts. Here's what you say in this situation. And if the buyer objects with this, here's how you come back at it. But it was so unnatural to me. I decided, these were things that just sounded phony coming out of my mouth. So I decided I'm going to be myself. I'm just going to be a regular guy. I'm going to be out there trying to help people. I'm not going to try to be a quote salesperson. I'm just going to try to assist them and help them, help them achieve their goals, do the best I can and be friendly. And it worked. I found that people liked working with me. They felt comfortable because I was not pushy. I think a lot of times when people start working with a salesperson, like maybe when you walk into, I hate using this analogy, but when you walk into a car lot, you might kind of be a little bit on guard because you're afraid of pushy salesperson is going to jump all over you and uh, try to talk you into something. I think people sometimes are a little on guard when they first talk to a realtor. And after they hung around me, they could relax because I'm not like that. I just talk to them like a regular friendly person, like a friend of theirs and try to help them. And I don't have any other agenda. I'm not pushy. So um, they did relax. They opened up. They tell me more about what they like, what they want, what they don't like they're not afraid to tell me how they feel about houses and we just create great re- working relationships and long-term relationships. I've had clients come back after 10, 20, 30 years to list houses still that they bought a long time ago. So, it's it's been great in building relationships with clients.
1: Agree with you because I think a lot of people when they think of real estate agents or realtors or, you know, realtors or real estate brokers. Uh-huh. They think that they're transactional people. Right. One of the things that I've seen happen, and I really feel like it's been over the last five years since digital marketing has spiked, you know, and everyone's getting hit with ads and lead gen and lead magnets and funnels and all of these different things that the winners have come out to be the people that are very authentic, very much themselves. and. By means of technology, it's kind of helped to weed out a lot of BS for lack of a better term. What are your thoughts on that coming from where you came from, where, like you said, you had an MLS book, right? You didn't have a digital MLS to go to and sign in or grab an app or send somebody an automated CMA, like these things didn't exist. So as the technology trend has matured, what do you think has happened with agents out there in the field?
0: Well, the business, I'm going to, I hate to sound like an old timer, the business I'm going to sound like someone's old grandpa now. The business is so much easier nowadays. I'm thinking of the story when they people used to tell you I had to walk 10 miles to school up yeah, a hill right. through snow. Right. But really it's so much easier now with the technology. You can do. I can do things in minutes that used to take so long to do. As you mentioned, we had the MLS books. Now you just search on a computer. It's easy to find homes. We had to go through maps to locate where the homes are. Now there's GPS. I mean, I can go on and on. But really, the biggest difference is not so much the technology. I went to a seminar about 20 years ago now. Are you familiar with Brian Buffini?
1: Oh, yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. I went to a Brian Buffini seminar, and I didn't know who he was at the time. I was at, actually, I think it was at a National Association of Realtors Convention, and Brian Buffini was a speaker. So I went and heard him, and he was talking about visiting, popping by your past clients, visiting them in person, dropping off a little gift, and I was... When I got back home, I was thinking, can I see myself doing that? Do I have the nerve to show up at someone's doorstep with a gift? Because I had never really thought on past clients before. And I thought, yeah, I could do that. I can see myself doing this. So I started doing the pop buys and the follow-up calls and everything he talked about. And it really, my whole business changed from that point on. Instead of being transactional, like you mentioned, just always looking for the next deal, the next person, I became much more relational where I built up long-term relationships with all my past clients. And I would stop by their house year after year after year after year, dropping off gifts. And one of my favorite ones to always drop off were Girl Scout cookies, because everyone loves Girl Scout cookies. And I tell you what, they only cost four bucks a box. And I don't know any gift you can give someone that costs four bucks that they love so much. (laughs) So I always drop off Girl Scout cookies at their house. And after a while, they got to expect me every year with the cookies and were so happy to see me. And We catch up and talk about what happened. And we just become much better friends and bond after the sale than during the sale. So I've had these long-term relationships with people just from doing that. And that's led to most of my business in the, uh, the recent years of my career is referral and from my past clients and repeat business, just from starting with dropping off cookies.
1: So you have a podcast and it's focused on introverted, unsalesy, not even tactics, but personalities, where did that come from? I mean, I know, right. it came, it, I know it came from you, but what made you decide that, hey, the world needs more of this and I want to be the guy to deliver it?
0: Well, I am an introverted realtor. I, I'm. It doesn't mean that I don't like talking to people and don't have friends. Some people misinterpret what an introvert is. It just means that we like some alone time also to, I guess, recharge rather than being in big groups all the time. But that being said, I found that being an introvert has many advantages. It was actually a plus rather than an obstacle in real estate. I thought it turned out to be a really good thing that's led to whatever success I've had. And looking around, I noticed that a lot of the top realtors are introverts. They're not people you would expect. I remember talking to my accountant one day. And he was doing accounting work for another realtor. And she was very vivacious, bubbly, outgoing personality. You'd think she'd be great at real estate. But she only sold a fraction of the homes I did. I'm not saying I'm so great. It's just that the best realtors are often not the ones you would expect. Sometimes the real, the real good talkers and the people great at networking aren't the ones that do the majority of the selling. So I created the podcast to encourage people that. If you're an introvert or someone who doesn't necessarily fit the mold, whatever that is for being a realtor, you can do it and be successful. You don't have to try to be like some other person or put on another persona. You can be yourself. There's a lot of different paths to the top of the mountain and you can be successful. So that's where it all came from. I love it.
1: What does the roadmap look like to help somebody move from transactional to relational? Right? Like a lot of people, I feel, get into this business because maybe they're backed in a corner or they think it's going to be easy to make money and, oh, if he can do it or she can do it or they can do it, then I can do it too. But they do focus on transactions. They don't understand that real estate is very much a people and a partner business and it's all right. very much a long-term game. Doesn't mean you can't go out and sell 50, homes your first year with the right roadmap strategies, tactics, support system, people, yada, yada, yada. But- I see a lot of people suffer from understanding how to move towards the relational side. In your opinion, in your experience, what does that roadmap look like, right? Like you went to a seminar and you learned some new tactics and you started employing those tactics and that worked for you to start Mm -hmm. building the relations and the relationships and befriending these people that you were helping get into a home or you know get out of a home, whatever the situation was. Can you share some points for somebody that may be struggling with that so that they're focused on the relationship side of it?
0: Absolutely. Sure. I can kind of lead, lead your listeners through my process of what I did. You have to, first of all, create a database. Your database is your business. Your database is your list of your past clients. If you don't have a database, you have no business. You have no future. So create a, get some type of CRM and create a database that has all your past clients in it. And if you haven't done it yet, go back and review all your past closings and find the contact information about all your past clients and enter them in there and then enter everybody in there going forward. So that's number one. You've got to keep track of who you've worked with. And number two, now that you know who you've worked with, you've got to start contacting them. And at first, it can seem a little scary, particularly if you haven't talked to them in three, five, 10 years, you might feel a little weird going back all of a sudden and calling this person up or stopping over there if you haven't even been in their life for 10 years. All I can say is just do it. I guess like Nike says, just do it. And it's not that scary, especially if you go bearing a gift. Go over to their house, say, you know, I really enjoyed working with you. I'm sorry I haven't been in touch in a while, but I want you to know I'm here for you. Should you need anything in the future? And here's a little gift for you. And then they'll just start a little conversation. And before you go, always ask them, do you know anybody else looking to buy or sell a home? And then once you do it the first time, then it gets much easier. Always follow it up with a handwritten personal note because I don't know about you, Raymond, but in my mail, I just get bills and junk. Yep. If you ever get something handwritten, you're going to open that up first. Yep. And so follow up with a little personal note, again, just to make yourself stand out from the crowd because nobody does that. And from time to time, you can give them a little phone call. Just say, hey, just thinking about you. Want to see how you're doing. And that makes them feel special. It's not like you're bugging them. You're making them feel special that you felt enough, thought enough of them to take the time to call them. I mean, I love it when people follow up with me because then I know that I meant something to them. So just give them a call every now and then. And once you do it, it's really not scary. And then just continue the process. Continue dropping off gifts. And before you know it, Every time you conclude your, your gift, your popping by or your call with, do you know anybody else looking to buy or sell a home? Don't ask them for themselves directly. You don't say, when are you going to buy or sell again? Do you know anybody else who's looking to buy or sell? It's less threatening. and But a lot of times you'll get surprises. They'll say, you know what? We were thinking about selling this summer. And you're going to find out something you didn't even know about before. That happens all the time. So just ask them for that. And then your business is going to just grow rather than just having to always hunt down the next buyer or the next seller you're gonna have people coming back to you all the time and referring people to you. It's so much easier and it's so much more fun to work with people that already know, like, and trust you rather than having to win over people who don't even know you at all from Joe Blow and try to convince them to work with you over another realtor. So it's very simple. Get the database and start contacting them. That's all you have to do.
1: So being in business 30 plus years, you spend a lot of time with yourself. What are a couple of the things that you've learned about yourself over your 30-year career that you've become very aware of that you really use today in your real estate business?
0: Boy, you ask the tough questions, don't you? <laughs> Let me think. What have I become aware of? I've become aware that I'm very I'm good at follow-up. I, I will follow up and follow up and follow up with clients. I've learned that. And not to be afraid to do that. And now I'm not talking about past clients in this instance, I'm talking about people who might've, you might've had contact with at one point who are thinking about buying or thinking about selling, but haven't done anything yet, you have to not be afraid to continue to follow up. I've learned the gold is in the follow-up. You just go for the low hanging fruit in front of you. That's one thing, but you got to keep following up with people and you might think, oh, I don't want to bug them. But again, it makes them feel-
1: Trim the tree.
0: Yeah, exactly. It makes them feel important, first of all, and just an example of that. One time, I spoke. I was considering using a financial advisor, and I had an interview with her. After the interview, I never heard back from her again. She never followed up, and it made me think: like, does she not want to work with me? Does she not like me? Is something wrong with me? So, following up makes them feel important. Like, you mean something to them, and you're interested in helping them. You always do the follow up as a form of helping. You're not. You're seeing what you can do to help them, but. I'm good at following up.
1: Can we talk about that for a minute real quick, Barry? Yes. So a lot of people would argue that they're pestering the person or they're bothering the person or they don't want to annoy somebody. How do you push through that?
0: Because I just look at it as if I'm just trying to help them. When I call them, I'll just say, just wanted to check in and see if there's anything I can do to help you. That's really unthreatening, low key, right? I'm not trying to say, so when are you going to buy a home? Are you ready to buy? Are you ready to sell? That's not what I'm doing just checking to see if there's anything I can do to help. That's it. That's all I say. And most of the time you can't reach them. I mean, when you phone, when you call somebody, right? Most of the time people don't even answer the phone. Yeah. So I'll follow up with various methods. I'll do calls. I do texts. I'll do video texts. I'll do email. I try everything to see how you can reach them. But one weird thing I learned, and I learned this from some training I took is I could follow up with people 10, 12 times. And yeah, you think you're bugging them, but, and you never reach them and you never hear back from them. And then the 13th time, all of a sudden they answer the phone and they look like they never heard from you at all. Like they never got any other messages. They're like, oh, I'm so glad you called. Yeah, we are ready to sell, but they actually, like they never heard from you at all before. So don't be afraid, I guess is what I'm going to say. I was just say, so you asked of the things I learned about myself. I'm pretty good at following up. And I think that's where a lot of the, a lot of the business is.
1: What, what has been your biggest challenge? over the last 30 years as a real estate agent going through a bunch of different markets, a lot of technology changes, a lot of government and regulation changes. Like what are some of the things that come to mind and talk about, Hey, I've overcome some obstacles and this is what they look like, personal or professional, whatever you want to share.
0: Yeah. Let me think, you know, professionally, really, to be honest with you, everything has gone quite well. Awesome. For my 35 years, yeah, we've had some tougher times, like in 2008 financial crisis. But where I was working in El Paso, the market didn't take the big dip; other, other cities did. Right. It still kept plugging along. And then at the time Obama was president, and he came out with his credit, where people got, I believe it was $8,000 cash back if they bought a house during that time. So I marketed that. I advertised you know, get $8,000 back. And 2008 was a good year for me. Uh, really, I can't think of really any time I've had a bad time with it. You always, the key is to always continue to evolve and try different things. You can't just stick with one thing because the world changes and what worked when I started the business 35 years ago, doesn't work as much, as well now. So I've always evolved and I've always tried to have several methods of generating business. I don't want to rely on one thing because things can happen. At one time in my career, I'd listed a few, some foreclosures and those went away when the market got better, but I had other sources of business. So I've continued to evolve. So what struggles have been more, I guess, within than than outside, really? Because It's
1: usually the case. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: just how to do it. And the hardest things for me are sometimes accepting Defeat. I don't do that very well because no matter how many listing appointments you go on, you're not going to get them all. I mean, I wish I got them all, but sometimes people are going to choose to list with somebody else. Sometimes people are going to choose to buy a home with somebody else. You have to, you have to roll with the punches. And that's that's the hard thing. It's not always so easy. You can get very frustrated. But I've learned that usually when bad things happen like that, I'll just come back at it harder. It just kind of motivates me. Okay, I'm going to work harder next time. And put more effort into it and do better and try to figure out what I could have done better for that person. Yeah, push forward. Yep. It's been a great career. All in all, real estate has been a very good career, a lot of opportunity and you can be creative and there's no limit on how well you can do.
1: What are some of the lead gen strategies that work really well for you right now? I assume you're a high referral base at this point in your career, but what are some of the other things that you do that maybe either outside the box or a little bit different than what everybody else is doing?
0: Yeah. Number one will be past clients and referrals from, but, but you're right. I don't do just one thing. I, I like to have other sources of business. So I've done many, many different things throughout my career. I've joined some real estate networks. For example, you familiar with Dave Ramsey? Yep. I've, I joined, I was a Dave Ramsey endorsed realtor And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the Dave Ramsey network. I I like what he stands for. And I enjoyed the people that follow him and I worked with. So I got a lot of good business from that. Yes, you have to pay a referral fee for that business, but there's no referral fee on the repeat and referral business from them. And I got so many people that would buy homes and then come back later and sell. And, and so forth. So it leads to a whole stream of business. So I like several real estate networks like Dave Ramsey. Also, I've been a member of another one called Home Gain, which also refers buyers and sellers. So that's worked good. And then I've tried other various things. There's there's I've done a, some mailers to, there's a tech company that somehow with their algorithm determines who's likely to sell a house in the near future. And so we do mailings to those people and market to them. What else? I've done a little bit of for sale by owners in the past. I've done all kinds of things, but everything can work. Just depends on what suits your personality and what works best for you. It's
1: good stuff. What are some things that you would pay forward to new real estate agents? Just getting out in the market today or maybe have a year or so under their belt, but not a whole lot of transactions closed. What are a few things that you'd like to share?
0: Okay. Good question. There's so many things that I could have done better looking back that I wish I knew when I started. Number one, I guess as we talked about earlier, create a database from the beginning.
1: Yeah, turn and that number, CRM on.
0: <laughs> yeah, get it. Turn it on immediately. Turn it on immediately, and follow up every lead you have religiously. Don't be afraid to. And your number one business is your number one job is prospecting, especially at the beginning. You have to bring in the business. You can't just sit around and wait for the phone to ring. So, you need to do something that's going to bring you business. Join a real, join one of these real estate networks. If you don't have a big, if you have a sphere of influence, go out and deliver them gifts and let them know, hey, I'm now in real estate. You know, if you know anyone looking to buy or sell, let me know and drop off some Girl Scout cookies. But if you don't have that, join one of these real estate networks like HomeGain or Dave Ramsey or, or something to get some business. Also, you can do open houses to put yourself in front of clients, whatever works for you. I'm not good at open houses myself, but some people are very good at it. But definitely always focus on making contacts and following up with them and always try to better educate yourself. When I started, there weren't podcasts like yours that give out so much good information that different realtors do, and you can learn from everybody. So maybe someone you listen to is going to have a great idea. You think, yeah, I can do that. That works. And someone else, you listen to another, another episode of your show, then it's like, like no, that's not me. That, I can't do that. That doesn't fit my personality. Just pick what works for you, but be open to new ideas and always look, look, looking for them. So listen to podcasts, read real estate magazines, always get new ideas and try stuff. And don't be afraid to fail.
1: I love that. Especially that. Don't be afraid to fail.
0: Yep. That's Words how you learn all your best stones. lessons.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. Barry. Where can people find you? Where can they find the podcast? Do you have a website if somebody wants a home in El Paso?
0: Okay. Well, the podcast is called The Real Estate Unsalesperson for the unsalesy people out there. So you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts, it's available. And the website's therealestateunsalesperson.com. That's the podcast website. Not to be too confusing here, the, the real estate website for people looking to buy or sell a home is called the real estate powerhouses.com. So that's that. Those are the best places to find me.
1: Barry, thanks for your time today. This has been fun.
0: Thanks. I enjoyed it.
1: Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.